Report. There's not enough mustard to cover that hot dog. Your host, Icy Robots. All right. Greetings, Earth people. I am from Jupiter. It's me again, Icy Robots. I'm not a hero. I just sacrificed to make your life a bit better each and every week. And this week, it is going to get a lot better. We got a VHS review. It's VHS review time. We're going to talk about White Ghost with William Cat. Yep, that dude from The Greatest American Hero. This is his Vietnam War epic. After that, we're going to go into the retro toy marketplace where we're going to talk about Grunt. Yep, Grunt. The run-of-the-mill G.I. Joe Trooper. We are going to look into him. We're going to study his background, see how many times he's come out. All that fun kind of stuff. All right, everybody, it's time. Toys R Us report, episode number 30. All right, hit it. Do you ever think about when you're out of here? Podcast and videos out of here. Fan page and MySpace out of here. No doubt ISR is old school, but he ain't going out. You are listening to the Toys R Us report. You neo-maxi zoo dweebies need to quit fronting, for real. Do you think when Judd Nelson uttered the famous name neo-maxi zoom dweeby that he ever thought that one day there would be a counterculture character named Bender that was more popular than the counterculture Bender that he was creating at the time? I cannot imagine that he thought so. Last episode, when we were together, we floated, like that floated, the idea of the IC Robots party blimp. Basically, it was a blimp full of cool stuff like laser discs and arcade games, and we'd go to sporting events and other public gatherings and allow the coolest of the cool celebrity types to come up. Well, it has been asked of me who would be considered appropriate to be in the blimp. So I thought I'd give you a short list right about now. If you do not know these people, it is up to you to look them up because knowing is half the battle and it's time for you to know. Okay, here we go. Dirk Benedict, Gary Gygax, Gil Gerard, Aaron Gray, Rick the Model Martell, Larry Hama, The Polar Bear, Paul Varlin, Bill the Spaceman Lee, Run Run Shaw, Reb Brown, Meredith Salinger, Don Fry, Miyamoto, Peter Cushing, Sam Jones, Bruno Sammartino, Tony Clifton, and various other persons of that type. So I think you get the idea of what we are looking to do with the party blimp and who we are looking to invite. So, without further ado, at the movies. Yo, fool, sit down and buckle up for At the Movies with Icy Robots, VHS edition. Deep in the jungles of Vietnam, a lone soldier remains. Fifteen years after the war has ended. They are Americans in Vietnam, and you are with them. I want to know why. Now, out, but he faces an enemy from home. We're here to locate a traitor. Bring him back. Dead or alive. That's my way out of here. Pull the plug. They call him White Ghost. Sunday on Showtime. Wow. All I can say is wow in regards to the White Ghost starring a good old William Cat. You might and probably do know William Cat from The Greatest American Hero. Well, in this one, he is a hardened Vietnam vet. He is so hardened that when the war ended, 
he stayed behind to continue to battle on. I found the VHS tape for this at the dig the other day. It was part of a weird box I pulled out where somebody took the normal, like the, the sleeves, the VHS sleeves, cut off the important parts and glued them onto the actual VHS cassette. I got this and a few other out-of-print movies. It was a good find. I wish that the sleeve was still intact, but... What can you say? Beggars cannot be choosers when it comes to out-of-print movies. This is a pretty bad movie, though. It's bad meaning bad, not bad meaning good, but it is good in kind of a bad way in that it is terribly produced, terribly acted, the effects are awful, it's awful, it was uh, obviously shot in L.A., not Vietnam, but... It has some fun qualities in that it's really bad. It's also sort of fun to watch the, I don't want to say somewhat effeminate, William Cat playing a Vietnam tough guy, the white ghost. He's called that because he, well, because he disappears into the jungle for days, years, months, whatever, at a time, like a ghost. A white ghost. I cannot imagine a dude who is more poorly cast as the white ghost than William Cat. Maybe John Waters? I don't know. Maybe John Waters would have been worse? It would have been a better movie if there was John Waters in it because, well, it would have definitely crossed into that bad meaning good threshold if you have John Waters with that little mustache creeping around the jungle as the white ghost. The OG Captain America, Red Brown, is in it too, and that's always a plus, but I do not know where you would even go see The White Ghost, so it's kind of a pointless endeavor to even review it. I believe, I believe it is actually on YouTube in its entirety, so go look for The White Ghost on YouTube if you want. I don't, I don't feel as if you have to. If you have a couple hours to spare and you want to see something really weird, somewhat laughable, then go, go watch The White Ghost. Uh, can't give it the ISR approval in that it's a good movie, but I do sort of give Give it the ISR curiosity appeal. Thumbs up. All right, let's get moving on. Get ready for the retro marketplace. Okay, I see robots. This is your one chance. Show them what you got. G.I. Joe, Infantry Trooper, Grunt. I liked Grunt when I was a kid. I still like Grunt. I like how he is just a basic infantry soldier. The figure, which was a first series Joe, came with simply a helmet, an M16, and a backpack. All of the basic things that an infantry dude of the uh, Vietnam era would have. And as we all know, I am a Vietnam mark. I just really dug how dude came with a good old trustworthy M16. That was the gun that I would see dudes on China Beach or, I don't know, <laughs> uh, Hamburger Hill, whatever silly Vietnam movies, White Ghost that I was watching at the time, those dudes had an M16, so to me, that was just the gun to have, and it was really cool how Grunt came with one of those, as opposed to, like, a laser blaster or a, uh, lightsaber. Because what I had at the time mostly was Star Wars dudes and Fisher-Price adventure people, so Grunt brought a much-needed breath of realism to my fantasy world of Star Wars, Clash of the Titans, and things like that. I just really dug Grunt and his simplicity, but I never felt that he got his due in the cartoon or anything like that until one day he was part of a storyline that like 
totally tripped me out at the time. The episodes were titled Worlds Without End, and in it, the G.I. Joe team members travel into alternate universe where Cobra has taken over the entire planet. Can you believe it? Can you believe how horrible that would be? I was familiar with the idea of multiple universes from DC's multiverse, so I was not, I wasn't too surprised to see G.I. Joe do something like this, but what happened in it really tripped me out. More or less, here is what happens in the episode. After a hard battle with the Dreadnoughts and Zartan, Steeler is questioning to the other dudes why they even bother to fight, when it just seems like one endless battle after another. They kind of debate it back and forth with one side saying there is a reason to fight Cobra, the reason being Cobra is awful, and the other side, which is mostly Steeler, saying, I just, I don't see the reason for fighting all the time. It just, it's never going to end. And he decides it would be the right time for him to quit the G.I. Joe team and go back into whatever it was he would do besides being in the army. I don't know what purpose there would be for a tank driver. Maybe he could drive some kind of construction equipment. I don't know. At any rate, he decides to leave the team when they reach their rendezvous point and get sprayed by a mysterious weapon that sends them to an alternate universe where Cobra is ruling the entire planet with an evil iron fist. Is there any other kind of iron fist? Maybe a firm iron fist. Cobra does not have a firm iron fist though. They have an evil iron fist. They have slave labor camps and any other horrible thing you can't imagine in a Cobra ruled world. In this world, Cobra won the war many years ago and have since turned the world into their evil image. The G.I. Joe team has been crushed. The pit has been buried. Mount Rushmore has a picture of Cobra Commander on it. Things are as bad as they can be when the Joe boys discover that the Baroness of all people is a G.I. Joe sympathizer and a former lover of Steeler. And when I say a former lover of Steeler, I don't mean that she was a fan of the Pittsburgh football team back in the day of Mean Joe Green. I mean that she was a girlfriend of the tank driver. So anyway, the dudes used the Baroness's affection for Steeler to manipulate their way into a plan to escape. But at the last minute, they decide not to escape. Well, some of them do escape, but Steeler decides to stay behind and help with the resistance movement. And Grunt, being a loyal buddy to Steeler, he says, hey man, I'll stay behind too. This blew my mind. One of my favorite figures was going to be off the show. And off the show he was, it was like he was dead. I felt really weird about it. I thought about these adventures in my head. I imagined what he was doing on this parallel earth. I wanted there to be a cartoon. And I still think it would have been a cool idea to have a cartoon to see Steeler and Grunt on Cobra World leading a resistance movement to overthrow the evil forces of Cobra and Destro. We did not get such a thing, but I, I would from time to time pretend with my Steeler and my Grunt that they were on this planet doing these things. It wasn't like a frequent playtime of mine, but it was something that I would do occasionally. The two guys eventually did pop back up into the cartoon. I don't know what that was about, and I didn't really like it that there wasn't a story about it. It wasn't something that I focused on a lot. Alright, so let's dig into the VHS vault here and find a commercial. Alright, hold on. Um, oh yeah, I got one from the first appearance grunt. The grunt of the first series, G.I. Joe. This is one of the earliest commercials. Alright, um, here it is. Okay, go. He'll fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. It's 
here, the G.I. Joe collection. Infantry Trooper. Codename Grunt. Bazooka Soldier. Codename Zap. Motor Soldier. Codename Short Fuse. Laser Rifle Trooper. Codename Flash. Ranger. Codename Stalker. Communications Officer. Codename Breaker. Machine Gunner. Codename Rock and Roll. Counterintelligence. Codename Scarlet. Commando. Codename Snake Eyes. Each sold separately. G.I. Joe from Hasbro. Grunt was first released in 1982 as part of the 16 initial Joe releases. He's an OG. An OGI Joe, as it were. OGI Joe. You can tell that it is a first series Grunt because he has a straight arm, as do all the initial 16. It wasn't until the next year that they added the swivel arm battle grip. That was a deal where the guy could twist at the forearm. His arm could twist all the way around. It made it easier to hold a rifle. Well, it made it easier to get the rifle in their hand and tuck it under their armpit. I wonder if when Dude tried to sell the swivel arm battle grip to the higher ups at Hasbro, if he used the old Kung Fu grip as a comparison. Like, you remember the Kung Fu grip? That was our best seller. I got the new, the new Kung Fu grip for the new days. It's called swivel arm battle grip. It's guaranteed to move some units. I wonder if he tried something of that sort and I imagine that he must have it just seems like a, it seems like an obvious way to sell something to the dudes up above you in the Hasbro ladder computer bring up that file I have on grunt his personal information right away here you go all right let's have a gander at this computer off you got it Grunt was born in Columbus, Ohio, and his given name is Robert Graves. He was an E-4 or a corporal in the United States Army. That is not a very high rank. That, I believe, is the second. I believe it goes corporal, I mean private, corporal, sergeant, and then you're an officer, I believe a lieutenant. So I guess they did not have the hardest, most extensive hiring practices in the early days of G.I. Joe's, I guess, because you would have to be one heck of a corporal to make it into the elite fighting force of our nation. It does say in his record that he graduated in the top 10 of his class, but wouldn't you think that you would have to graduate number one in your class to uh, make it onto the G.I. Joe squad? I guess, I guess, I don't know. Do you know what I do know? I keep saying I don't know, but what I do know is that Grunt was in the same platoon back in the day with Stalker, Snake Eyes, and all those other fellas, so I would think they just knew him and they knew what he had inside of him. They knew that. They knew he was the best. They knew that he was going to be as good of a grunt as you could get. And I guess he is so good of a grunt that his name is actually Grunt. That's like being named Doc. Like your nickname is Doc and you are in the doctor profession. You have to be one heck of a Doc to have that name. And you have to be one heck of a grunt to have the name Grunt. I don't know why I didn't think about this in the first place. The G.I. Joe's team doctor is nicknamed Doc. They just go out there and they find the best. They go into whatever profession they happen to be looking for, find the dude with the name that is most suited for that profession, the nickname. They find the dude with the highest, most appropriate nickname, and then they hire him. You're looking for a commando? Get the guy whose nickname is Snake Eyes. You know that guy is going to be bad to the bone. You want to get a ranger? Go find somebody named Stalker, because you know that guy will be bad to the bone. I believe that their nickname had something to do with the actual G.I. Joe hiring process. All right, sorry about that sojourn, but we will now get back onto the topic of a grunt. Grunt 
front after infantry school continued on to advanced infantry school. I went on GoArmy.com and I looked that up. Your basic infantry training is sort of like junior college. It's where you go to get the degrees up into a associate's degree. Your basic skills. And then after that, you move on to advanced infantry training where you learn a more specialized skill such as military, police procedures, or air defense, or even in some cases, office skills. The ar you know, the army needs file clerks too. There is nothing wrong with being a file clerk because you're out there serving. You are serving by filing military records. And well, as we all know, an army runs on its record keeping. I don't think we all know that. I think I, I think I was going to say something else and somehow it came out record keeping. At any rate, what Grunt studied in advanced infantry training was to be an artillery coordinator. That sounds like a management position, don't you think? Artillery coordinator. It does sound important though. You got to make sure you don't drop bombs on your friends. You got to make sure you don't drop bombs on your moms. Very important position and that is what Grunt moved on to after uh, basic infantry training. Computer, can you get me that file on the grunt action figure releases, please? I will find them shortly. Here they are. Enjoy. I'll do my best. Thanks a lot. Computer off. You got it. So Grunt was released initially in 1982, but then was released again in 1983 with the aforementioned swivel arm battle grip. Another change that they made was to give him a smaller waist piece. I would say a cod piece. That piece around the, uh, crotchal area. They gave him a smaller one. The first 1982 version looks more, it looks like a diaper. The other one from 1983 is more slimmed down. And, well, it gives him a nice cut. It doesn't look so much like he has, uh, pleated pants. It looks more like he has a nice smooth front pants. Another difference between the two is that the 1983 release of Grunt has a smaller backpack hole and a smaller backpack peg. So if you try to put the 1983 backpack onto the 1982 Grunt, it will fit, but it will kind of wiggle about a little, uh, a little bit. There was also a second Grunt released in 1983. This one wore a tan uniform and came packaged with the G.I. Joe Falcon Attack Glider. Ugh. I coveted this toy as a kid. Do you recall the commercial for this? In the commercial, the glider is doing amazing flips and turns. It's beautiful. It is beautifully soaring through the sky with an action figure attached to it. I could not have wanted this more. When I did finally get it, I discovered it was nothing but foam. It was a foam glider with a little uh, a plastic hook underneath to hold grunt. First, maybe second, third time I threw it. It broke, and it was the same for almost everybody I know who got one of these. I believe that there was some kind of a way to get replacement wings. There was something you could send in a few bucks and get a replacement wing, but I don't think there was anybody out there who did that. I can't imagine anybody's parents falling for it. It's an obvious money-making scam, and well, it might have been a good one, I guess. In theory, even though I didn't know anyone who actually pulled the trigger on it. The glider was a fun toy, a fun toy in theory. Bad toy in execution. Alright, so let's look around here in the old VHS stack and see what we can find. I think that I do have one for the glider. After that, we're going to come back and talk about what it's going to set you back to get Grunt into your G.I. Joe collection. Here we go. Alright, here we go. Superstar, Grant! He's escaping in the Viper Glider! The G.I. Joe Falcon Glider Flying high in the sky Sailing through the air He's America's fighter G.I. Joe can fly He's a real American hero Flying high in the sky 
Chris Chase and Cobra in a desperate race. Soaring and diving in a great sky chase. Yeah, G.I. Joe Falcon Glider and Cobra Viper Glider sold separately. Figures included from Hasbro. Make sure to visit virtualdirtmall.com and support the show with a generous purchase of some retro or not-so-retro junk. You won't be sorry for long. Okie doke, thanks for sticking through the commercial. It appears here on eBay, if you want to get a complete grunt off the card with the backpack, the helmet, the gun, file card, the whole thing, it can cost you as low as 20 bucks, up to as high as maybe 25 or even 30 bucks, depending upon condition. If you want to get the figure without the accessories, you could probably get one for 8 to $10, and the gun, the helmet, and whatever, they go for about $15 a piece. So whether you do it by piece, or all together at the same time. It's going to cost you about 25, 30 bucks for a grunt. Here is a nice sale of a grunt on the card. This is a 1982 straight arm grunt on the card and someone got it for 130 bucks. That seems like a pretty good deal to me for one of the original G.I. Joe OG G.I. Joes. Just doesn't seem like he was that popular of a character. The tan grunt might set you back a bit more five dollars more maybe a little bit around something like that not very much here is a file card somebody sold just the file card loose for 12.50 that's pretty good i guess for a piece of cardboard right let's have a look at the falcon gliders let's see somebody here got a good deal they got 99 bucks they picked up a falcon glider in the box with it's it's complete it's complete it's not broken so to me that seems like it would be hard to find i wouldn't think that like I said, everybody broke there, so finding one that was still in working order might be hard to go buy and get. Okay, here we go. Here, somebody else has one in a nicer box than the first one, but they put it up for auction, and they wound up with 670 bucks. That seems more aligned with what I would imagine. I think the first person with the 99 bucks, they just kind of underpriced it and ended up taking a loss on that one quite frankly. Here is another one that went to auction, but they only wound up with 242 bucks. That's still pretty good. Here's one from Argentina, went up for auction, got about 220. So this, this is probably going to set you back a bit if you want to get a Falcon Glider. I would think, I would think I would be happy with just the box. I'm going to put it up and display it. It's not like I am going to take the glider out and toss it around, especially paying a, a pretty penny for it. So maybe if you see one that is incomplete with the box, you might want to go that direction. It's a display piece, not a play piece, because it's whack. Anyway, that's about all we need to know about Grunt and what it's going to set you back. So let's move into the final segment of the show, known as the Toys R Us Report. All right, let's kick the ballistics. Hit it. Do you ever think about when you're out of here? Blue snuggle teeth and yak face out of here. Me goes and G.I. Joe out of here. No doubt ISR is old school, but he ain't going out. You've made it this far. It's time. The final segment. Your weekly toy shop update. The Toys R Us Report. Alright guys, thanks for sticking with the show this far. I do appreciate all your support and all the time you spend listening. Alright, let's take a look at how things went over at the toy stores this week. Hold on. Uh, I'm getting a report where it's uh, breaking news. Hold on, we're going to interrupt the show. Breaking news. This is a Toys R Us news update. All the toys, all the time. Success, success. We have found the Sabine Wren Star Wars Rebels. We got a hot tip from our good buddy Willie from the Coleco Visions podcast that 
there have been some Sabine sighted at Kohl's. So, we went to Kohl's, didn't find any. Went to Kohl's again, and yes, we found it. It is here in my hand, and let me tell you, it is a fantastic action figure. Comes with two guns that go into the holsters on her pants. Has that awesome pink Mandalorian armor. All I can say is, we are super happy. All right, back to our show, Joined in Progress. And that's what we found over at the Walgreens. That's what we found over at Target. Okay, guys, we're going to head for the hills. That's about it for the Toys R Us report. Make sure to check us out over on theretrojunkies.com. They got a new website. It's really great. I cannot tell you how awesome it is. Make sure, please, drop by virtualdirtmall.com and help us out with a generous purchase. That's the best way to support the show. All the money goes directly into my pocket, which I got to tell you, I need it. I always need it. Money, money, money. Send it to me, virtualdirtmall.com. Follow us on Twitter. That's at ICRobots. You can follow us on Facebook, backslash ICRobots. Without further ado, this is Toys R Us Report, episode number 30, signing off. If you don't know, now you know. Recorded live on Jupiter's moon. Callisto, this has been an ICRobots radio production.